Well, uh, blessed people, uh, let's advance this conversation on the role of the Holy Spirit and then uh, close. So we've seen very clearly here. Okay, there's a lot of noise, so make sure that the connection is right. Otherwise, I call from other lines. Yes. So, uh, blessed people, we've seen very clearly here that the Lord is saying that the Holy Spirit is very central, especially in these last days. That his role is very central in the church. And especially in these last days. So, um, the other role of the Holy Spirit that I want to explore today with you, as the Lord enables this conversation, is in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 14, where it says, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. And in order to underscore that very important point to you, I'm reading the book of Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And he says the following. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, and the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that cometh from the mouth of the Lord. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Verse 8, again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Verse 9, he says, the book of Matthew chapter 4, he says, All this I'll give to you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Verse 10, he says, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Why have I read this verse for you as we are looking at the role of the Holy Spirit? Blessed people, the Holy Spirit is the one that assists the church. He helps the church. He enables the church to overcome sin and Satan. And that's why when the church is not spiritual, then you run into this situation where the church of Christ is not spiritual. She's in sin, caught up in sin, and literally wallowing in sin. 
again, the Holy Spirit is the one that enables the church to be able to overcome sin. Without the Holy Spirit, the church cannot overcome sin. And that's why it's going to be very important if the church is to combat sin, the sin that has now caused so much apostasy and caused the church to almost forget about her inheritance in heaven and focus on the earthly, if this generation of Christians are going to successfully combat sin, to battle sin and win, emerge victorious, then they are really going to have to depend on the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one that brings power to overcome sin and Satan in the church. So that is yet another very central role of the Holy Spirit in the church in the life of the present-day church, in the life of the present-day believer. The book of Psalm 119, verse 9, Psalms 119, verse 9, it says, He says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word. The Holy Spirit. Verse 10 it says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Verse 11. The reason I've read Psalm 119 verse 9 is because the Holy Spirit also instructs the church on righteousness to make sure she's awake. She's fully rekindled to the fact that she has to stay away from anything sin and apostasy that she has to walk the strict path, the narrow road of righteousness. How can a young man stay on the path of purity? Then he says, by living according to your word, I seek you with all my heart, and do not let me, please do not let me stray from your commands. For I have hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. So the Holy Spirit is very powerful because he does instruct the church into righteousness. The same thing we saw when we read Second Timothy chapter 3, 16 to 17. That he instructs the church, he instructs the believer unto righteousness. The Holy Spirit, John chapter 17 verse 3, the Holy Spirit reveals the truth. 
John chapter 3, John chapter 17, verse 3, John chapter 17, verse 3, what does he say? He says, Okay, John chapter 17, verse 3 says, Now, this is the eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, the Holy Spirit is the revelator, the revealer, So the Holy Spirit comes to the church, comes into the life of the Christian believer to reveal God and his Christ. How awesome. In other words, he comes to reveal the truth that Jehovah alone is God and revealing his Christ our Savior. Once he reveals that truth, another role he does from that point on, he then now opens up to the church the understanding regarding that truth. Apart from revealing the truth, he then comes and now opens up, reveals the church the understanding of that truth, the understanding around that truth. In other words, the requirements of that truth. And then after that, the Holy Spirit then facilitates the church, assists the church, helps the church. Now, with that biblical truth, he helps the church determine a successful, get a successful relationship with God. Now he helps the church out of that truth now. That Jehovah is God, worship him. That Christ Jesus, his son, the Messiah is the Redeemer, the Savior. Worship him. Then with that truth, armed with that knowledge, he still comes to help the church. He determines how successful the relationship between the church and God is going to be. So you must receive him then. You must receive him in order to attain a successful relationship with God. To successfully relate with God, you need the Holy Spirit. The one that this generation, the Lord sent us to, has had a very unsuccessful relationship with God because they had shelved the Holy Spirit. They had sidelined him. They didn't know how to address him. They couldn't even worship him. In Luke chapter 6, 47-49, the Holy Spirit then will help you, the believer, the church, to establish a firm, a firm spiritual foundation for your Christian salvation. 
Son, only the Holy Spirit can help you establish the foundation of your life, your salvation, on the rock. The rock that is God Almighty. Only the Holy Spirit can now rivet you, can establish the foundation of your salvation as firm, immovable, solid, substantial, permanent, sure, upon the rock. A foundation that cannot be overthrown by the false teachers that you see today all over the TV and everywhere. A foundation that will be embedded in the pure doctrine of repentance and holiness and righteousness. A foundation that will be launched and embedded embedded with the pure revelation of God by the Holy Spirit himself. A spiritual foundation. A foundation that will be embedded on the doctrine of eternal life, the eternal election of the saints. The Holy Spirit, after doing that, will also raise the red flags for the Christian, for the church. He teaches the church the cost of disobedience, the price of disobedience. The Holy Spirit will teach the church the price of disobedience. The cost of disobedience. He said, don't do this. Don't touch it. Don't try. The thing that when you do, you will not see the kingdom of God. It says here, Psalm 139.23, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So he will always tell you the cost. The price of disobedience. He will search your heart and he will raise the red flag. Say, Don't touch this. You'll miss everlasting life. The Holy Spirit of God. He guides the church into the truth. He guarantees and seals the church for eternal life in heaven. He navigates the steps of the church. So you walk the footprints of Jesus. The path of the Lord. He empowers evangelism. That's what I want to look at a little bit. The Holy Spirit empowers evangelism. The book of Luke, blessed people. The book of Luke chapter 22. How the Holy Spirit empowers evangelism. He says, the book of Luke chapter 22 verse 54 to 62 it says, Then seizing him, 
they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together. Peter sat down with them. Verse 56 of the book of Luke 22. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied. He said, Woman, I don't know him. He said, Peter denied Jesus here. Verse 58. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, then the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord that he had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you'll disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. And then you move on to the book of Acts chapter 2. In the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes down, when the day, verse 1, Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all gathered together in one place, of course fearing to be killed. Then suddenly a sound like blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tons of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 5. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under the earth, under the heaven, verse 6. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of them heard their own language being spoken, verse 7. Utterly amazed, they asked, are these who are speaking Galileans? Now how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? And then he goes on, verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say, verse 15 of Acts chapter 2. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour my spirit out on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even unto my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. And then he goes on verse 22. Fellow Israelites, Peter is addressing them the inaugural speech. 
Listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him on the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death. Because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. Peter continues verse 29. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried. And his tomb is here to this day. And Peter went on and on to now proclaim Christ Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had come on him. He denied Jesus. He ran away. He said, are you crazy? I don't know that man. They said, no, you are one of them. You are one of the Galileans. And he ran away. He said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you crazy? He denied Jesus. But when the Holy Spirit came upon them at Pentecost, the courage, they stepped out and proclaimed Christ Jesus. How powerful. So the Holy Spirit, He comes. Blessed people, He comes. He comes to enable the church, stand up and proclaim the Messiah. Proclaim the gospel. Without him you cannot. He empowers the church for evangelism. The next day the rulers and the elders, I'm reading the book of Acts chapter 4, verses 5 to 12. Acts chapter 4, 5 and 12, he says, The next day the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there. And so was Cephas, John Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name do you do this? Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at that. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Say to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to the man who was lame and is being, and being asked how he has been healed, then know this today, you and all the people of Israel, that it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth.
You builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, but for there is no other name under the heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Only the name of Jesus. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled people, ordinary men, and they were so astonished. And they took notes that these men had been with Jesus. Look at that now. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives courage to the church to proclaim the name of Jesus, to do the ministry of the Lord, to evangelize the Lord, to evangelize the gospel. The Holy Spirit also gives spiritual gifts to the church. In Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13, the wise and foolish virgins, the Holy Spirit is the one that distinguishes God's holy church from fraud, from fraudulence, from the lie, apostasy, deception, and fraud. Fraud. Matthew 25, Revelation chapter 6, 5 to 6, he says, But when you see the oil and the wine, don't destroy it. That is my bride. Blessed people, this conversation of the Holy Spirit is an exhaustless theme. I could go on and on and on, but this morning we have church services. May the Lord bless you. Let me lead everybody to the Lord, and then you get ready for your Sunday services. Say, Dear Jesus, I repent on this day and turn away from all sin. I have heard the importance and the gravity and the significance and the absolute necessity of the Holy Spirit in my Christian walk. And I receive you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and Savior today. Please forgive my sins and fill me with the Holy Spirit that I may be purged, that I may now have a spiritual life, live holy, and be righteous, that I may be a total spiritual being, that I may be the elect of God, and inherit the glorious kingdom of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, tonight I'm born again. May the Lord bless you. Thank you.